everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 136th episode of the podcast, airing May 16th, 2022. Now, in this episode, I'm pleased to welcome to the program special guest, Mercurius George, to join me in a discussion on Gemini season 2022. Now, Mercurius George, a.k.a. Jared, and I will talk all about this year's heady Gemini season and what it has in store. Now, first, we chat about the exit of eclipse season, because obviously we have just been through a lot (laughs) with the eclipses, um, and also how Mercury being retrograde uh, for half of Gemini season will color the sun in Gemini transit. Now, we also focus on Mars moving into Aries and how its conjunction with Jupiter will seed big energy into the Gemini new moon. And being a mutable season, there is a lot of shifting that is likely to take place, and we do our best to walk you through it week by week. So prepare for this episode to leave you with a lot to think about on the personal and world scale, because it is Gemini season after all. Now, to see our lovely faces while we chronologically step through the charts, you can tune into the video version of this episode on YouTube. And if you would like to support this program, feel free to come on over to energeticprinciples.com, where you can book a personal consultation with yours truly, or leave a tip in my tip jar. And you can also sign up for my monthly newsletter, The Heavenly Wind, while you are there. It is a newsletter that comes out once a month that is chocked full of astro goodies uh, to keep you on track for what the celestial heavens have in store for us each month, along with some tarot polls and an animal ambassador to guide you through. Now, just a quick announcement before we get started here. Uh, Just as a reminder, I will be on Stormy Grace's YouTube Academy on May 25th. That is a Wednesday at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, which is 10 a.m. Pacific or 1 p.m. Eastern. And This is going to be a part of her YouTube Academy year two, but rather than having new classes, we are going to have live Q&A sessions for last year's session. So if you do remember, I did a uh, live class on Dignities and Debilities, which is on YouTube on her channel. Uh, And of course, I'll have a link in the description of this podcast if you want to go back and view it. But we'll be there on May 25th to answer questions about Dignities and Debilities live. So if you have any questions about that program that we did or uh, just about any questions about dignity and debility, come on over, ask ask us, ask me. I would love to see you um, and hear your questions. So once again, that'll be Wednesday, May 25th at 11 a.m. on Stormy, 11 a.m. Mountain Time on Stormy Grace's YouTube channel. All right. So who is ready to hear all about Gemini season 2022? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right. I am so happy to welcome to the program for the first time, actually the second time, because we stopped this Mercury retrograde style to do something we forgot to do. (laughs) But that being said, Mercurius George, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I came across uh, well, Mercurius, aka Jared. Um, I love a good pseudonym. We were talking about this earlier, so I will uh, ask you about that in your little bio that I, I force you to give me. I force all guests to give me at the beginning of a program. Um, 
But I met uh, Jared via the interwebs uh, via Spencer Michelle, who's a good buddy of mine. We we share Spencer in common, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're all we're all music and astrology people. That's right. And I'm so. Spencer is an old friend, and as I was, was explaining before we started, he's been kind of my gateway drug to astrology in a lot of ways over the years. That's a it's a healthy gateway drug. Yeah, get you into the, get you into the 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 practice that consumes you for the rest of your days. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, uh, Jared is with me here today to talk about Gemini season 2022. Uh, we have made it through eclipses. Not actually in this moment because we're <laughs> we're recording a few days before the lunar eclipse happens. So we're kind of in the hot pocket of energy right now. But uh, we are going to be talking about Gemini season here today. But before we get started, Mercurius, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do we need to know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So my name's Jared. I don't usually share my last name. I I kind of stumbled into this bizarre and silly pseudonym because I started a, a an astrology um, Twitter account, just because I was learning so much and I had so many thoughts and so much to say that I just had to do it. And I ended up kind of stumbling into an astrology practice in a much more significant way than I ever intended or expected. Um, like you said, it just consumes you once you, especially once you start really learning the details. Um, so I, um, I do readings and I, I don't produce a lot of content on the internet or teach or anything like that, except just like rambling on Twitter. Um, but I, I would say my practice is, you know, grounded in Hellenistic astrology um, first and foremost. Though I'm not the type of person to walk around like quoting Dorotheus. Um, <laughs> I, more so, I feel like I've just, I've been able, I've been privileged to learn the techniques of ancient astrology from, you know, people who really figured it out. So, you know, maybe, maybe when I'm less distracted in 10 years, I'll, I'll be more in the weeds with, uh, some of the, the origins of that stuff. But, um, and then, uh, you know, as anybody who's alive in the 21st century is inevitably going to also be, I'm influenced by, you know, modern and psychological astrology because it's just in the air. It pervades, um, and I think that's a good thing. Um, I, I don't use all of it, you know. Um, so that, I would say that's my basic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I, I love that. I don't use all of it because that is the, the, that I feel like that is the luxury, but also maybe sometimes the difficulty of being an astrologer in this day and age is we have so much to pick from to create a practice. And then it, it you really, and that's what you have to do. You literally have to practice so that you right. <laughs> figure out which techniques work for you and they speak for you. They speak through your clients. They speak through, you know, mundane predictions, et cetera, et cetera. So we're very privileged in that regard to have so many techniques to pick through, but it can be overwhelming. I, I saw a little uh, meme that's been uh, going around. I don't know if you've seen this with the like astrology iceberg. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, and it has like at the top of the iceberg, and you know, it's like sun signs and this and, this, and at the bottom, it's like the most complex, you know, uh, techniques out there. And the funny thing is, is the first one that I saw was like the, the picture was so 
detail. There was so many on it. Like I had to like zoom in, like even these yeah. big glasses couldn't take it in. I'm like, what does that say? What does that say? And then I had a friend and it was, it was detailed. And then I had a friend send me another one, like with a little LOL, like, look at this. And the, the bottom layer of that iceberg was like equivalent to the middle layer of the the previous one that I had mm-hmm. seen. <laughs> so I'm just, wow. uh, it's, it's funny. It's, it's funny. I think I love, I love that image. My favorite detail was at the top. It says something like lying to your friends about what you believe to, you know, not be weird or something like that. And then at the, at the very, very, very bottom, it says lying to your friends about what you believe to keep them safe. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody, I mean, I, 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 I joked about that online and then somebody was like, what does that really mean? I was like, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's not, it's not that serious. Or is it? Right. Or is it, you know, <laughs> keep guessing or not. You know. I said, you know, the, the terrifying power, uh, and accuracy of zodiacal releasing was uh, my answer. You got to yeah, keep yeah. people safe from that. There, there, there's, you know, sometimes there's something to be said for gatekeeping. Um, not, sometimes. not because you're trying to be, not because you're trying to be, you know, in control. Um, but because, you know, not everything, you know, should be approached without some caution and without a lot of like foundation to work with it, you know, and some things like zodiacal releasing can really mess with your head. It can. You like look at at a a snapshot of your whole life for potential or these hard, these hard and fast rules that can be put on things too. I mean, and that's, that's kind of the, uh, it's where Hellenistic astrology as a whole (laughs) kind of is, is interesting because it it can be, um, you know, when you get into like life, uh, you know, zodiacal releasing or the way that like triplicity rulers are doled out through, you know, through your lifespan and who, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, my worst planet is like the end of my my life. You know? <laughs> and if you are, if you're anyone who is prone to anxiety, if you're anybody mm. who has strong Gemini or Virgo placements, mm. perhaps, <laughs> you know, you might want to pull back and curb that a little bit because like you said, it's, uh, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. My life is a constant battle between the Virgo anxiety and the Scorpio need to know. <laughs> and then you'll have anxiety if you don't know. And if you do know, you'll have anxiety too, because now you know. Yep. And then there's just that many more questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God. And speaking of questions, I was thinking about this with Gemini energy coming up. It's, um, I'm like, oh, let me think about Gemini. I'm like, let me think about Gemini. You know, this is Mercury season, uh, essentially one of two, but this is the the mercurial season that is more aligned with air and conceptual and like the many ways in my mind, like the birth of thought or the complexities of thought and thinking and perceptions and analysis. And, Mm -hmm. um, And I was like, what is the biggest thing about Gemini? And I was like, why? You know, <laughs> because Gemini is the why. Gemini is the question. Gemini, mm-hmm. like I had, I did a, um, a, like an event the other day for a birthday party and I was reading tarot for some people. And this little boy sat down with me. He's like mm-hmm. seven years old. I have never encountered 
so many whys. Like everything I said had a why is that then? Why is that? Why is that? And I'm like, I know this is natural maybe for this age, but I'm like, when's your birthday? <laughs> and sure enough, it was like early June. And I was like, oh, oh wow. yes, the Gemini. So wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you think about, you know, what stage of life does, does Mercury correspond to, it would certainly be that, that age, I don't know exactly where it is, but probably between like five and seven where that's, you know, that's like a natural stage of the development of the brain. You don't even, and, and part of it is that a kid at that age doesn't have the social awareness to realize how annoying it is to keep saying why, you know, that, that, that comes later. Right. So they're just, they literally just want to know why. And you tell them, okay, but why that? Okay. But why that? Um, and yeah. there's something, Gemini is not, it, I wouldn't call it persistent because it's not in the sense of like a fixed sign, not like Taurus, mm -hmm. but it's, it's persistent in its curiosity. Um, it just keeps keeps coming. <laughs> it keeps coming. It's like persistent in the sense that the curiosity continues to meander. And, <laughs> and like, it, it's a never ending train yeah, of like the, the mutable back and forth, you know, the transition of it. And, uh, the funniest question he asked me was, uh, he's like, why do you do this? And I was <laughs> like, I ask myself that every day. <laughs> and it was just, it, it was cute. And then, um, yeah. This being I, astrology. <laughs> I think he was talking about tarot because um, oh, okay. he was trying to understand it. Like, he's like, why are all these people sitting with her? Why are they, why, oh, like, wow. why did I have like, like a little setup too? And I had some like, you know, little accoutrements with some cute little crystals and stuff like that. And like young kids, including this young kid, you know, 42 years young, um, <laughs> I love shiny things. And so just being attracted to it and this kid's trying to figure out like, who is this person? What are they doing? Why do you do this? Like what, what benefit, like what's the reason behind it? And, you know, and I feel like, I mean, that's another word we can loop in here too, is, is reasoning. Um, because I feel like that's a strong characteristic of <laughs> Gemini too, like trying to, trying to reason things, uh, trying to gain the reason why, and th that reason shifts, you know, like we think about, uh, I saw another little, I was watching a program last night, actually, I keep <laughs> getting, uh, I must be around all these like inquisitive kids because it was a program where, uh, the little kid was, she was like three years old and she had cut her hair. Um, and her mom was like, what did, what happened to your hair? And like, you cut off the face. And she's like, I'm, she's like, I didn't cut my hair. I didn't have scissors. Like, and so she had to like sit and then they go into the bathroom they find the scissors, they find the hair and she had to sit down her children. And she's like, who can tell me what a lie is? <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, oh, when it's their explanations were hilarious. But basically she was like, it's when you don't tell the truth and lies. Is this, is this meant to comment on, on Gemini season here in some way? <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, in some way. And I was like, is this little girl Gemini? Because that's the thing with, that's the tricky thing about Gemini energy is like, uh, lies are, uh, subjective, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, it's such a playful sign, right? It's such a yeah. playful energy. So, and it, it's playing with information, right? It's like, what if you put things this way? What if you put things that way? Um, you know, it's kind of, the truth is kind of an experiment, 
mm. or an exploration with Gemini, which, you know, I don't think it's necessarily always going to go to such extremes as perhaps like a certain former president, but, um, <laughs> but I it guess. is, it is possible. It is possible. It's like, I, you know, I had a partner who was a Gemini rising for many years and I was always like, <laughs> I just like one day, this is this. And the other next day is a totally something, you, you know, Oh, I don't even remember saying that. Or I don't know. Like, like, it's just, it's just funny. I feel like the way that just the mind shifts and moves and, um, is not static in any way, shape, or form, or introduces new information. Like you said, new information comes in, and then it's just easy for that perception or the idea or just you know whatever you're attached to intellectually, it just switches. Um, and yeah, and maybe that's part of the trickster mentality, right? Because we think about Mercury uh, being more of trickster energy because it's playful, because it you know kind yeah, of skips to its own beat. <laughs> I think that really characterizes, you know, something because something that I find really interesting is that Mercury rules um, two mutable signs, right? Virgo and Gemini, which means they're in this square relationship. And I feel like that is really the difference between Gemini and Virgo. Gemini is like, stop taking everything so seriously. And Virgo is like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I have to get, you know, I have to, I have to really like, shut out all distractions so I can focus and just get the facts, figure out what's objective. Gem and Gemini is just Mercury's playground mm. where in Virgo, it's not, you know, Virgo is fun. I'm not here, yeah. I'm not here for any Virgo <laughs> slander, but it's not, you know, Virgo has Virgo as a sign, but you know, planets in Virgo have, have, have a job to do. They feel a sense of responsibility. And in Gemini, I just think that there's a lot less of that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, we're talking about earth versus air. These yeah. are literally, they're, they're opposite, you know, energies. Yeah. They are about as opposite as you get, much like fire and water. They have this, they're just mm -hmm. different. Um, and Mercury and, you know, dances in both playgrounds. <laughs> yeah, but this, but this axis of Gemini to Sagittarius is really very much like the freedom axis, you know, mm. fi fire and air expressions of that. Yeah. And yeah. Gemini doesn't like to be beholden to, to things, wants to go where it wants to go as freely mm. as possible. I get it. I'm like, I'm ruled. My chart is ruled by a Mars and Gemini. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I've had to curb that in. Uh, yeah, my, my, <laughs> mid -heaven, my mid heaven is in Gemini. Oh yeah. It's so interesting. Um, you know, that this is, this is for all you, uh, mutable signs out there, uh, rising. It's like most of the time your angles are all in either Mercury or Jupiter ruled <laughs> terrain. And so, um, I don't know. I don't know if you have any insight to share, <laughs> to share about that, but <laughs> I find it kind of, it's like the only placement, uh, that kind of does that. Yeah. I, that's me. Um, <laughs> it's, it's I, I would say that it's like the the things that your life are rooted in tend to be more in flux than they might be for other people. Um, and I'm sure that play, and obviously that will play out very differently in different charts. And, you know, yeah. maybe you'll have a, a stellium and a fixed sign, right? But, but um, which I guess I do. Um, 
but there is that yeah there's a certain kind of playfulness to all those angles uh and a flexibility and adaptability but also an instability yeah and it's it's interesting because some people like jive with it and they like it and then other times i'll like consult people that have these placements and they're like can i just stop moving please can i like can i (laughs) you know like they're like everything is always just one you know i have it for this long and then it moves along and um and I think that's another thing with Mercury. When we think about Mercury as a planet and Gemini energy, is things are on the go. Like there, there's not a, there's not a stasis here. It's like there's busyness, there's movement, um, there's just what's what's next. Keep it coming, you know. Like <laughs> so, I, I always imagine this being a very busy time um, of the year uh, to to move through. Yeah. So. That being said, um, there. So we are switching focus to Mercury. If you can't tell, we were <laughs> talking about Mercury for for so long here, um, and to mutable air. And of course, when we're in Gemini season, we got to know what Mercury is going to be doing because what Mercury is doing is essentially uh, laying the foundation of sorts for the Sun's movements through you know this thirty day period through Gemini. That starts on Friday, uh, May twentieth. If you're if you're wondering when does Gemini begin, um, and this year we have Gemini uh, energy filtering through Mercury retrograde, who happens to be in Gemini at the very start of it, um, but will retrograde back into Taurus. Um, and so we have an in- an interesting Gemini period where half of it has Mercury retrograde. Um, any any thoughts on that, Jared? What that might bring? Yeah, well, it's it divides the month into a few different sections. You know, there's Mercury retrograde in Gemini, Mercury retrograde in Taurus, Mercury in direct in Taurus, and then back into Gemini again. Um, and the the first period lasts for like a day. Right? A day now, it's like, yeah, but like it's that. a very impactful one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting because I wonder. If, I feel like this might be experienced as a kind of tension. Um, there's like, you know, the sun is trying to do its thing in Gemini. It's trying to have that sort of movement and flexibility, but it's going to be subject to Mercury's whims, which are, you know, caught up in, in something else and kind of looking backwards. Um, mm. But I think I think mostly I just think of it as, um, sorry, there's all these sirens and so many things. <laughs> That's a, it's Mercury speaking. <laughs> uh, we're conjuring Mercury so much and you're hearing those city noises. Um, so yeah, I just think it's going to be, it's going to be very different at different moments, you know? Mm. It's yes. And I guess we could say that about any, you know, sure. an eye season. <laughs> But there's something to be said about different at different moments, but different coming from maybe even like different timeline angles, you know, like in the idea of that we are, you know, essentially the mind is still moving backwards. It still is in processing state. There could be unfinished business and details and uh, conversations and all these things that um, are just not moving forward yet. And I mean, this is part of Mercury's retrograde cycle, but it's also when it seeds back in with the sun, which is at the beginning of Gemini season, which we'll talk about here shortly. 
there is, it's interesting, we're, we're rolling back over through things, but at the same time, we're starting a whole new layer of what Mercury, Mercury's movements are going to be for, you know, through the end of September, basically. Um, mm. So there's a lot of behind the scenes action. There's a lot of things to still sort out. There's a lot of inspirations to come in. And it seems like really potent timing when we just think about it, because we're moving out of the eclipse shifts right? You know, Gemini season comes and usually this is the time where we entertain new information. There's a lot of talking heads going on. You know, the world's going to be chattering about all types of things because when it's Gemini season, it's like news media, you know, if it's not already on, on 10, it's going to turn to 11 because that's (laughs) that's just the way it goes. Um, but you know, we, we're kind of living in this new, very new space with, the eclipse is having taken place. Jupiter is getting situated in Aries, which is a whole new landscape to navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mars is about to activate that placement too, which we'll talk about with it moving into Aries too. So there's there's a whole different dynamic, and I feel like most of this season is going to be maybe just intellectually sorting it out. <laughs> you know, like where we're that at. Makes sense. Well, there's a lot to process. Yes. You know, there's been a lot of change that's come kind of suddenly. And, you know, wh- as we're recording this, some of it certainly has not happened yet. Um, and some of it will take a lot of time to play out. Like the eclipses um, are still very fresh at the beginning of Gemini season. I think I think move, the sun moves into Gemini four days after the lunar eclipse. And, you know, that might, the, the eclipse, whatever the story is in an individual life and in the collective it might be somewhat clear four days after, but there's a lot more to it, I'm sure. You know, you, there might be some things that we're able to identify at that point, personally and collectively. Um, but, you know, you're looking at months of of story that, that's going to play out and it's going to hit different sort of pivot points. So I think this is like the first attempt to start, as you said, intellectualizing and just kind of thinking through and categorizing the various shifts that have taken place with ingresses and eclipses and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it helps having just Mercury being retrograde and the fact that it stations direct on like pretty much on the eclipse point. So to, you know, back up what you just said, I think that absolutely there's going to be catch up time and there's a whole, you know, there's this whole storyline that is being written. You know, you think about, I think about Mercury and Gemini and it is like, it's the written world word. It's like literally putting it to paper. It's coming, it's coming out. It's, this is the place where it's kind of born in a sense. Um, and I think it helps to have Mercury in the this part of the cycle that it's in because the sun is essentially preceding it mm-hmm. uh, through the zodiac um, space. You know, like you, it's almost like the sun takes it in before Mercury is going to meet it there, you know, mm-hmm. being in its um, the phase that it's in now. Yeah, once it uh, once it yeah. crosses that that conjunction, then it starts moving into its, you know, more eastern rising phase. Which is interesting because once it stations direct, you know, it's going to have, and then eventually at the end of the month, or I'm sorry, the end of of Gemini season, it will uh, move back into Gemini. um, And now it'll be this morning rising Gemini, I mean, uh, Mercury. Ah, And 
it's just like a it's just like a very different energy and i think that's going to feel really nice <laughs> after after the retrograde it's not only direct but it's going to be in its home sign it's it's got this sort of like rise and shine morning person attitude yeah. you know it's going to be it's going to be a very active mercury after the very kind of you know uh, after all the obstacles and and setbacks and review that it's that it's going into now yeah. as we're recording. I to totally agree. Uh, I totally agree. And I think uh, by the time that that happens, a lot is going to speed up. I feel like there's mm -hmm. going to be just a speeding up of, um, and, and to en enjoy, enjoy <laughs> your time of processing it all now and working out the kinks and, and you know, get right. strategies and getting plans in place. And um, yeah, so sort it out now, because I think when we do get to that phase, it's just going to be, you know, like it's go time to some yeah. extent, especially with all that Aries that's going to be taking place. Um, another interesting thing about the season two is we're getting to a point where all these outer planets, uh, you know, Saturn and Neptune and even Pluto, there are all, you know, kind of hovering around the same degree, uh, Saturn, Neptune in particular, it's kind of hovering around this like 24 degree point. And so we get these interesting, like planetary activations where there'll be like a trine to Saturn and a square to Neptune, or there'll mm -hmm. be, uh, um, a I'm like do your do, a square to Saturn and a sextile to Neptune, and I don't know. Just thinking about those two planets together, it's like an interesting yeah. filter to go through. Any thoughts on like, especially Saturn and Neptune? <laughs> like, well, I was thinking about kind of I was I was thinking this through, and I noticed that first of all, when Mercury, we'll get to this, but when Mercury has its direct station in late Taurus, it's going to be aspecting all three of those planets. Yeah. Neptune, Saturn, and Pluto at the same yeah. time, which, you know, so then also when the moon passes through Taurus and Scorpio, it, it makes aspects to all three of those planets at the same time. Um, and that, that, I mean, I feel like I'll probably bring this up again later, but that area of like 25 degrees mm -hmm. has, there've been so many different hits to, to planets or to, to that, that territory of about 25 to 27 degrees of various signs in the past year or so, um, particularly for earth and water signs. Um, so there's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just something that seems to keep coming up. Um, and time it's like, we're tying together Neptune, Saturn, and Pluto in those moments. And it's like, it's like the planet of boundaries and concrete reality, and then the planet of lack of boundaries and total dissociation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lack of concrete anything, and then the planet Pluto, which is like exists beyond that dichotomy. Right? It's like that. It's like the the even further out <laughs> space that's sort of like just like the you know the underworld. Um, and it, that's just like a very heady and strange. It's a strange um, place. combination. So it's pretty hard to delineate what does it look like when you, you know, when you when you, when you combine uh, like, Saturn, Neptune, and, and Pluto. It's like 
it's like the world, like the physical world is changing into a surreal reality (laughs) is like what, like it kind of feels like to me, it's like, uh, you know, and it it does, you see, we see these, you know, especially with the conflicts that are going on now and we're seeing changes and rollbacks and the, you know, like how is the world changing in this way? Like we felt like like this doesn't seem real, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and that could just be like moving out of Jupiter Neptune territory uh, and all the Pisces that has been happening. But I don't know. Yeah. I think I feel like that could be that could be part of it. But there's also the creative element of um, Neptune too, where it's a different type of um, you know manifesting some sort of like creative impulse uh, that can rise from that to then be stabilized and conceptualized and strategized. So it it does have those, you know, it has those perks, but it's just strange energy. And I haven't seen anything like it before. So I just kind of wanted to point it out and be like, let's, let's study it. Let's figure it out. Sometimes that's the best we can do. Like, is, is just flag something. This is worth observing, you know, what what does this feel like? We'll see. We can we can kind of try to guess, but mostly it's just going to be interesting to see. Absolutely. Maybe that's a very Gemini attitude, though. Well, and that's the <laughs> attitude we're going to take here today yeah. because you know what? It's good to say I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And anybody who says that they do, they definitely don't. So, <laughs> you know, just keep that in mind. So, all right. Well, let's get into our kind of play-by-play here. And I'm going to go ahead and share my screen if you are watching this uh, via the YouTubes. Um, we have... Da, 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 move this. Now I got to dance my whole screen around so I can see everything I got going on. Um, but all right. So here we have uh, Gemini season kicking off. Uh, of course, I'm always doing things by Pacific time because that's where I am in California. Uh, May 20th, 2022 at 622 p.m. Pacific. Um, and, you know, if you're looking at the chart or you're hearing us talk right you now, the most obvious thing taking place is this Mercury sun conjunction that is basically happening the next day on May 21st, uh, that weekend on Saturday. But you also see that Mercury has just moved off a sextile to, uh, Jupiter and really the first planet to, um, you know, other than, uh, the moon making an aspect, uh, the first planet to contact Jupiter now in, um, in mm-hmm. Aries too. So how about Gemini season starting with a Mercury sun inferior Kazemi? It doesn't get much more yeah. <laughs> eddy than that. Yeah. It's just, it feels like Gemini season is going to be really funny because it's going to really announce itself like Gemini very, <laughs> <laughs> very kind of loud uh and then so quickly that will change yeah you know you get this you get this moment of like of just very pure mercurial energy you know mercury in the heart of the sun um and that the clarity of that moment um now it's still the middle of the mercury retrograde so it's a it's a relative clarity it's clarity relative to the confusion you're otherwise experiencing. experiencing. You know? <laughs> and I think it's easier seen in narratives. And, you know, personally, I don't always, I don't always see it. I don't always have it, you know, that experience on a Mercury can see me. But oftentimes it does feel like that day is just like a, a break in the clouds, you know. Um, 
And I think it might be like that. Yeah, I think so. Because I'm. It, that's an interesting thing about this Mercury retrograde too, having it retrograde through its own sign is, you know, there have been little delays and stuff here and there or like mechanical breakdowns. Like, you know, last week I had to get a battery, new battery for my car because I got in and, you know, mm. all of a sudden it wouldn't start. I'm like, oh, Mercury. <laughs> um, but there's other parts that have come together like so fast, um, yeah. you know, that weren't quite expected and kind of came out of the blue and like, I just had to rush to get something done and it actually went pretty seamlessly, but I wasn't, you know, calculating for that. And it just happened. And we, we did that or like a rush of inspiration, um, with ideas that I like went inside with and spent some time with. And, you know, so I feel like it's going to be, especially at zero degrees of Gemini, because that is where the actual conjunction will take place. And, you know, zero, just as in general, this is like, this is a very, it's a birthing degree of any sign. Yeah. There's, um, you know, just brand new energy there. And why maybe when we're talking about like the outer planets being at these like closer to end degrees and there's all this like, st- you know, stuff that's yeah. been coming up and, um, and, uh, I don't know, navigating old issues and things like that. Like this feels different to me as if there's just fresh ideas, fresh energy coming up, fresh transmissions, communications. I feel like a lot of stuff comes together just uh, vocally or through your, you know, getting phone calls, texts, emails, et cetera, that just mm-hmm. paint, you know, a new road or, or transition it in some way. Yeah. To, to jump into something you were talking about, I, I too have found that this Mercury retrograde so far, while it's been in you know, while Mercury is in Gemini, I found it to be really fascinating because I'm getting this sort of like life is throwing sort of trickstery obstacles in my path, but mm-hmm. but then they resolve really fast and yeah. easily. Um, so they're not like nothing has happened where I've gotten like where it's you know driven me totally insane. There was there was one day where I was a little bit, <laughs> you know, I had, I had like two two car like. Ubers cancel on me in a row and make me late and all this stuff. Um, but it was fine, right? Everything was fine. And But there has been this sense of like speed to everything. Like yeah. since Mercury went retrograde, despite the fact that this is a very slow Mercury that we've been living with, it's been, it's it has the, the, the quality of speed of its zodiacal position, right? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like, because this is also Mercury's, bound that's true the station degree was four i believe or five Mm -hmm. uh four so this whole time period that mercury is in um in gemini before it regresses back into taurus it's in its own bound and yeah it's just very zippy but also very crazy (laughs) (laughs) zippy and crazy just how mercury likes it yeah um yeah it's uh if it's so interesting, like, you know, having a couple of Ubers cancel on you and you know, like deep down, you know, like you, I know it's going to be fine. It. You know, you know it's going to be happen. fine and you know, it's going to happen at the same yeah. time. It's like, you get, like you even account for it. Um, and then it's just all about how you think about it at that point. Right. It's like, how do you yes. choose to then process it? Um, but yeah, I, you know, I've that's been the benefit strong... of astrology is you can, yeah, true. you actually, cause there are moments in life where, you can, you know, decide what attitude to take when something <laughs> comes up, you know, something you weren't expecting or something that you didn't want. Um, 
And your attitude is going to really affect your experience, but it, it won't control the outcome, but it will affect your experience of going through that, you know, how you yeah. experience the experience. Absolutely. The, um, the very cliche term, uh, the, uh, the, your perception is your reality. You know, yeah. like this is, Ge this is Gemini. So keep, keep mm -hmm. that in your back pocket, uh, for ever because <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it, it does apply, but, um, I've been having so many dreams about like car issues and travel and travel and like trying to get places. And, and like, I, like, and I had a dream last night where I had like flat tires, but then I, I got new tires and someone was supposed to help me tow the car. But then we got to the place and I'm like, you didn't help me tow the car. We have the tires, but not the car. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I was trying to get to a place. I'm like, why are my dreams always stressful? Like I dream every night and I dream very vividly. And I'm like, why can't I get one of those dreams? Like uh, that I'm like sailing on a magical unicorn or something <laughs> like that. I'm always like having to deal with something in dreams. And a lot yeah. of times, yeah. So I don't know if well, anybody it's, else out it's there. It's a stressful time. <laughs> it to, is. To be it alive. <laughs> um, it's also, we're also right in the middle of, of between eclipses at this moment. I know. I know. <laughs> but, you know, I just want to, I want to break. Let me sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So the, so there you have it. We start off Gemini season with sort of a mercurial bang, so to speak. Um, but I think that clarity that can come, uh, like, I love how you put it, Jared, like just clarity in that moment. And that might not be the ultimate clarity, but it's like the best clarity you got <laughs> in, mm -hmm. in that time frame. And we got to think about it in context too, because I mean, look at Mars and Neptune still kind of sitting together. Like mm -hmm. coming off an eclipse, you know, on a, just five days earlier, um, and then having this whole week of Mars Neptune, like I think that there's <laughs> there's got to be just a lot of like interesting processing, um, and not even having a whole lot of energy, but also having a really head like active headspace, um, and so it, it's just a weird vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I think that leads up to this. So, so getting that clarity or just getting that aha or getting that message you've been waiting for, um, I think. Is yeah. Really and, with, and with the Jupiter sextile, I think there's, yes, it's interesting because Jupiter at this point is still ruled by, as you pointed out, Mars and Pisces conjunct Neptune. So Jupiter is, there's a lot of like maybe desire to, to start some things, to get some things going. Maybe it's a little cloudy though at this point. And, you know, I think knowing that Mercury has already, you know, made a sextile to Jupiter before this, I guess at that point in a different sign, but still, um, this is the second one. And then it's going to make another sextile in Gemini. The third one is going to be the least, um, you know, it's going to be the, the, the cleanest one, <laughs> I yes. think. If I remember correctly, yeah. Um, so I feel like it's a time probably for bubbling thoughts and ideas, and maybe excitement and enthusiasm, maybe starting things, but maybe with the knowledge that 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 Mercury Jupiter enthusiasm and the assistance from Jupiter is going to mostly is going to you're going to get a better version of that <laughs> in a few weeks. In a few weeks, yeah. So it's like hang in there. Um, or not even hang in there, entertain, entertain. Yeah, exactly. Um, entertain and, the ideas. Yeah. 
entertain the ideas. Um, and then there's just going to be more fire and more juice and more like outward quicker movement. Once, you know, Mars, Jupiter have a conjunction, Mercury sextiles, those planets. And then it's kind of like more go time there, but until then it's like a lot of maybe conceptualization. It's like feeling like those urges brewing, but there's still, you know, things to wrap up or, you know, I mean, to be like, as you just reminded me during my, uh, my dream lament is <laughs> that we're in a club season. If any, mm-hmm. this is times things that this is the time that things change. So having these uh, kind of fresh energies that are on the brew, life changes taking place, instigating change of sorts, because that is essentially what, you know, Aries rises to the challenge of like newness and freshness in life. And depending on what the eclipses have delivered you um, Mm -hmm. in any way, shape or form that might be needed to develop, you know, write that next chapter um, and have that. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. Entertain, entertain it during May really like 20th, 21st. So, all right. What's, what's next. So we go through a last quarter in Pisces. Um, so that's interesting. So we're moving into a, a lunar cycle where we're going to have all mutable activation. So we're going to have the Pisces last quarter, the Gemini new moon, um, Virgo first quarter, and then Sagittarius full moon. And so I feel like this is always a time, you know, when you get mutable, uh, activations and especially lunar quarters, it's like things be shifting. Things (laughs) are moving. Um, so I don't know if you have any, uh, insights into maybe a last quarter in Pisces or just mutable, uh, you know, lunations just in general yeah i mean it's 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 interesting because we're it's it's the last quarter but um of this eclipse season so right so it's kind of it's kind of that's still playing out like we're still in eclipse weirdness until the new moon and then we're you know and then we're still dealing with whatever the eclipse has brought um but this so that that's how I view this last quarter moon as being, yeah. you know, that's the cycle that that we're moving into the close of. So usually a last quarter moon, right? You're you're kind of it's like okay, we have to wrap up this round of things to get ready for the next round of things. And in this case, it's like you're not running the show. Um, <laughs> whatever's whatever's being wrapped up is wrapping itself up, and you're you just gotta surrender or hold on tight, whatever your coping mechanism is, you know. Um, so yeah. that's, that's what it makes me think about. I, I could, t- I could totally see that, uh, you know, just with it being in Pisces first off. Um, that's and the true. fact that Pisces has been so dominant in this eclipse, um, season with both of the rulers of each eclipse, you know, the solar and the lunar eclipse right. being in Pisces, you know, having, <laughs> having this last quarter, like revisit this zone. And as you said, like kind of maybe surrender to it, let go to it, uh, hold, hold as much as you can, but know that it is a, a rushing <laughs> transition of water, you know, like it has that, uh, almost that, um, a waterfall effect in my, in my mind. So it, it could be, you could be processing emotions at this time. You know, Pisces does tend to bring us to emotional places, but, but it'll be just an interesting, um, 
just a, an interesting weekend, basically. Once Gemini season starts, we have that Mercury Kazemi. And then on Sunday, we have this Pisces last quarter, uh, just kind of like carrying us into, in, into this emotional space where there might just be some emotional processing that yeah. needs to happen for, for all that. So hang in there, hold tight. Um, but but behind the scenes, not really behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, we have this all new journey that is involving Mercury, Mars, and Pluto that is going on. So there's actually a lot of action that Mm -hmm. is happening between the last quarter phase in Pisces to the new moon in Gemini on Monday, May 30th. So basically from May 22nd to May 30th, there's a lot of action in the skies, Uh, that is kind of prepping us for this new moon. And one of the things that is going to be uh, configuring in a multi-aspect configuration is uh, Mercury, Mars, and Pluto having their story. So what happens is Mars Mars and Mercury sextile, right after Mercury moves back into uh, Taurus, um, and then, so they, oh wait, no, first Mars, okay. Coming back it up now. (laughs) Mars is going to sextile Pluto um, here uh, on the, on, I think Sunday, uh, Sunday, Monday, more Monday, because we're going to have the moon light that up in in late degrees of Pisces. Monday, Mm. early Tuesday, uh, we have this Mars sextile to Pluto. Then Mercury moves back into Taurus. And then Mercury moves to sextile Mars at like the, you know, the anoretic 29th degree of both Taurus and uh, Pisces. Mars then moves into Aries, which is big news, big news. Uh, And then Mars makes a, uh, or no, sorry, Mercury retrograde then trines Pluto. A lot going on lot going on. So what do we even think about with just those planets interacting as like a whole? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think we got to break it down into pieces. So we have, we you know, so Mars, Mars, Pluto, Mars, Pluto. Um, we, we recently, it wasn't that long ago. We had the Mars, Pluto conjunction, right? Um, but uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm all like, that's right because that was that was Mars, Venus, Pluto all hanging out. Yeah, it's, together. I feel like things have been moving f- quickly, but uh, um, there's so that Mars, was late Pluto, February, early early March. Yeah, yeah, and I I think so. What what draws my attention to this, and this is just one little detail, um, is I'm thinking about this last decan of Pisces, mm. which is a Mars ruled Deccan. So Mars is in its own, you know, little, little slice of Pisces. And it's, you know, all the themes about this Deccan are about kind of giving it your all and about, and about sacrifice in pursuit of some extremely lofty vision, which is kind of a dangerous game. Mm. You know, that's, that's the message of, of the Deccan basically is like, it's an all or nothing type of sacrifice. And I feel like this might be um, really accentuated with the sextile to Pluto. You know, it's not a square. It's, it's just a sextile. Just <laughs> could a be, sextile. Could Famous be more last extreme. words. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it could be more extreme than it, than it, it, it than this will be, but still it's, it's an influence. Um 
And this is like the very end of the Deccan. So it's also in like the, you know, the bound of Saturn. I don't usually get this deep into essential dignity, but, you know, looking into the weeds of all this stuff, um, it's it just feels like a very kind of intense uh, moment for Mars in a way, even though, you, you know, you might not think of Mars and Pisces as being so intense. Um, there's just, and then and then the Mercury piece feels like just giving it the megaphone, you know? Yeah, I get that. Whatever, whatever story is emerging with regard to this sort of, you know, martial sacrifice for a Piscean ideal um, is going to have the mouthpiece of Mercury, albeit a Mercury retrograde. <laughs> yeah, and in Taurus too. So, I mean, the mouthpiece can be very internalized in, in my mind. Right. Like, you're, like the internal dialogue could be rather, I don't want to say loud, but persistent. You know, when we think about Taurus, like if there's a, if there was a, you're like, name a persistent sign. I'm like, mm, that's Taurus, you know, like yeah. it doesn't really give up. Um, but, but I really like that you pointed out that Mars being in, you know, at the very end of Pisces and, you know, being in its own deck in there. And that's the, that's the, the special thing about these back-to-back decans of Pisces and Aries is that Mars has two in a row. Right. So there's something to be said about Mars just moving from this place of Pisces and into Aries uh, to meet Jupiter. That's, that is coming. Um, and it being in its own decan on both sides and moving right. into, uh, into its dignity. So it's interesting when you think about sacrificing for a big dream or a big ideal or a big vision, and we think about Aries energy that's coming as being the sign that like, it lights you on fire to go for it or to, to walk off that cliff, you know, hoping that right. something, you know, having that, that instinct that something's going to catch you or or at least, you know, the inspiration will keep you going. And that's, um, that's always a risk, you know, and there could be just, it's like a precursor to, to taking a risk or like feeling that you have, like you're being drawn to something or, you know, Pisces is very soulful in that sense where there's like spiritual inclinations that come up. Um, so that could be part of it. Of course, you know, we have a lot of like hot button issues that are going on, uh, in, in the world right now and, and with power, you know, the, you know, Roe versus Wade, uh, issue. And so I think a lot of that stuff can, can come up here too, because what's happening simultaneously is Venus and Aries is getting close to squaring Pluto herself. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like this week is going to be big for that issue. Well, Just, also the eclipse, you know, I mean, we, we're still don't forget that eclipse <laughs> still going to be, you know, the lunar eclipse is still going to be pretty fresh. And I feel like yeah. it's very hard to ignore the lunar eclipse when we're thinking about that stuff, especially yeah. with the sun on algal, um, yes. primordial feminine rage is, is evoked. Bring it. Um, <laughs> Bring that rage off with their heads, off says the head. queen of hearts. <laughs> the last thing I'll say about the Mars thing is like, I, I think that's a great point about two decans in a row. And I feel like, you know, we're it's Mars is coming off that, that conjunction to Neptune. So there's like some of what I was saying about the, the sacrifice and the ideal and all that stuff is going to be mm. colored by Neptune, which is both going to make it you know, bigger and grander and more idealistic, but also, you know, there's the fog element. Um, like, you know, my, my 
my teacher, who's Austin Kopic, has has pointed out the fog of war as a um, as a signature for Mars Neptune. And I mean, in this in this current moment, that's a particularly resonant phrase, which I imagine could very easily take on very literal qualities. Yeah. So, absolutely. you know, now Mars is emerging from the fog of war and heading into, as you pulled up with this chart, straight <laughs> into Aries. Straight into Aries. So uh, Mars moves into Aries on May 24th. And it's interesting because the moon crosses over it, but it actually crosses over it at 29 degrees of Pisces. So it's like the moon, it like lights Mars up you know, in its final like throws of Pisces, and then they both move into Aries together. So I, find, I feel like that day just in general is going to be very interesting, mm-hmm. like energy wise, because whenever Mars moves into a new sign, like, I mean, Mars is what propels us and, and drives us and gives us, you know, motivation. And, and so when it crosses over a threshold of signs, it's always, you know, kind of recalibrating itself in a sense, but to have the moon kind of cross with it and, and like, conjunct it right before it crosses, um, which will be about midday, midday here on the Pacific coast, a little closer to dinner time, um, depending on when you eat dinner on the East coast. But yeah, it's just, a it, it's a fascinating initiation, Mm -hmm. um, for a planet getting into its domicile, and on the Aries world point, about to join Jupiter. And so let, let me pick your brain just about Mars and Aries in general. Like what uh what are we in for, Jared? <laughs> well, yeah, I think you're you're right to point out I mean, it's hard to avoid the moon kind of escorting Mars across that threshold. Come with me. <laughs> Come with me. Let's go start some shit. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh yeah, I think it's gonna be very loud and I can't help but notice this is also a Tuesday, a.k.a. Mars Day. It is. This is happening. It's just like the number of things drawing the eye and and the attention to Mars is pretty astounding. And this is like really one of the most powerful positions that Mars has um, in the Zodiac. I mean, right at the beginning of Aries in its own decan. Also, interesting that it is going to be in the bounds of Jupiter. Um, and yeah, Jupiter yeah. is right there. It's right there. Jupiter just got so much larger. Like Jupiter right. just like literally had a propane tank, like hooked up <laughs> to it. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like, you know, there's multiple things. There's, you know, on, on a personal level, like where wherever you have areas in your chart, like there's going to be a pretty... Uh, it's this is just going to be a pretty loud announcement of you know pulling your attention to that part of your life you know whatever house that is whatever planets you may or may not have there um, are are going to be activated and with that there's just like energy and and drive directed to that area of life right yeah you know um, so but then there's I think you know with Aries I think about autonomy you know there's there's a strong desire to be to follow your own path um and so it might be that that part of your chart is is put you know you're feeling a strong drive to be autonomous in that in that area um and it might be something that we're just seeing play out in the news it's like 
you know, that, that kind of very fierce independent streak. Um, yes. You know, it's like one of many things that that's happening in the next, in this month that I'm, that I can't help but look at, you know, think about things that are going on in the news, certainly with like abortion rights, but then also, you know, but then also there's like a, there's a war going on, you know, a big one. And we're going to have this very, very loud and powerful Mars ingress. And I think both those issues are going to, are going to be really activated at this time. Absolutely. There, it is, uh, it's explosive. Yeah. Um, it's explosive in, in, you know, literally figuratively, like it just has that, that energy to it. Um, and, uh, what, uh, Matt Greer and I were talking about in the last episode with Jupiter and Aries, you know, thinking about like the highly uh, masculine air, uh, energy that can come out um, with, I mean, Jupiter and Aries, but having Mars there too. And now Venus is under, I mean, if you're looking at this chart with us, we have basically Mars, uh, I mean, the moon, when it escorts it over Jupiter, Chiron and Venus all together in this Aries cluster. And so it it is a lot about autonomy. It is a lot about the self. Um, it is you know we see that we see women out on the streets holding signs saying it's like hands off my body. This is my body. Like this is my vessel. Like you know yeah. like and you ha- and having to fight for that. You know it's like it has that masculine energy, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily a man. It means right. that it's just there is an outward motivation of defense. That, he, that is happening. And so I think just defense in general is a big term that is going to be in the, you know, in the ethers at this time where people are going to be defending things. And then simultaneously, because astrology, you know, it does, the chart doesn't just happen to one group of people, right? That's right. <laughs> it's like we're all under the same sky. So simultaneously, the opponents, you know, whichever whichever group you're thinking about where there's some kind of battle being waged, you know, that group and their opponents are operating under the same skies and and some of the same characteristics and signatures are going to be on display. So it's like, as much as there is defense happening, there's going to be offense, you know, like the, the, the opponents of, of one group are, are going to be making moves to, to conquer more territory, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, it's just going to be particularly fierce in this moment. Great you know? word for it. <laughs> if there, that's another, that's another key word is fierce in this. And I think you're absolutely right. Um, it, and that's, that's the end of the day. That's like, when we think about Mars, we think about warring fa- factions and there is, there is defense, there's offense. Uh, and those tables turn, you know, sometimes yeah. it's depends on who has the upper hand. Um, or what we perceive that to be in the first place, you know, but it does have this sides type of energy to it. Um, and, you know, here we have just socially speaking, we have Venus. Um, well, we have Mercury there in its trying to uh, Pluto with Mercury mm-hmm. retrograde uh, around the same time on the 24th. So, you know, I feel like we're going to have, there's going to be speaking of like some very uh, big issues, taboo issues, you know, things mm-hmm. that, 
are controversial to talk about, or we're trying to keep under swept under the rug or, you know, secrets could come out about like, I feel like that wasn't quite, you know, like a lot of us started through secrets coming out. Um, but there could be more that is, uh, unraveled around that time with Mercury, uh, Pluto, but I feel like the whole Venus component, especially with Venus being in such a difficult place with the Aries ingress, like she's really showing her rock in the hard place besiegement <laughs> between Mars and Saturn back on, you know, the beginning of Aries season um, now. And so here she is meeting that square with Pluto on Thursday um, on uh, May uh, 26th. And of course, look at the moon, just hanging mm. out with her on Thursday. The moon is really doing moon is stirring it up <laughs> during, during this time. <laughs> Yeah, the moon keeps showing up right where it's needed to trigger things. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> a lot of times, you know, there'll be an ingress or an aspect, and it's kind of there, and then the moon comes and joins, and you're like, well, you're like, oh, I know, I feel it. Yes, it's like but... pulled into the sublunar realm um, of embodiment. But the, yeah, there's there's a bunch of these trigger points that happen immediately. Yeah. Um, right during away. This time period. And I, I can't help but notice that Venus is going to sextile Saturn yes, and then square Pluto. So yeah, there is so, a sort of, I mean, maybe not traditionally because Pluto is not a traditional planet, but there is a sort of besiegement at play there. Yeah. She's already, yeah, she's going through and that this is her opening sextile to Saturn too. So, you know, mm. this is developing that story of where she was besieged before to begin sure, with. Yeah. Um, and then adding a Pluto component And so once again, with, uh, you know, May 24th through the 26th, like midweek, Venus is going through some things. And I mean, if we pull it back to just interpersonal relationships, um, it's an interesting placement only because, you know, we think about Venus and Saturn being more friendly. They, you know, when we think about relationships, we would like some stability there, some long-term um, well, most of us, not most of us, some of us would, um, but they, they seem to work hand in hand with one another, but just thinking about their initial conjunction, it's a little hairy to begin yeah. with. So then that's always kind of seeding the whole cycle itself. Um, but it's almost like it has this, it almost like has this stability component or trying to find some sort of grounding or plan or something But then there's this really big Pluto piece that's like, you can't ignore this. There's still these tensions, there's still irritation. And so I feel like relationships, social friendships, your one-on-one partnerships, um, et cetera, they're going to, it's going to be a little rocky, uh, -hmm. but it's almost like rocky to get somewhere. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Probably some uncovering. It's like, if it was just the Venus sextile Saturn, um, I think that would be a little more, uh, it would, it would be on its own. That would be, that would be pretty workable. It's like Venus, you know, Venus and Saturn together is a, is a, is a commitment signature, but then yeah. Venus and Aries is a very impulsive energy, right? So there's like, there's the restraint of Saturn and the impulse to sort of do what feels good, um, of Venus and Aries, um, you know, do what feels good. Uh, what's the phrase? Whatever. Basically, no fucks <laughs> given. Um, but uh, you know, but in this case, it's also it's a fi- you know a fire sign and an air sign. So there's a lot of sort of like 
activation of ideas and you know it's like the 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 venus saturn is like you know maybe it's a it's a good time to organize your protests right um but with the square to Pluto, there's going to be some some radical people showing up to your protest <laughs> who are going <laughs> to who might undercut I love your that message. Example. <laughs> that's great. That's that's great. I think you're I think you're definitely onto something there. Um, or they will undercut your message, or they will push you to be radicalized. You know who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's um. Or you know you're organizing with the best of intentions. You got it all out there, and then when you're out on the streets, it's like things get like chaotic. It's like the dark yeah. the darker side comes out, and it's like even though you you like had this plan and we're going to state these things and we're going to have this, you know, higher ideals in mind. It's just like instinct takes over mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, and you're human and you're angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like that, just that, that can happen. Yeah. So, uh, another thing that was happening during all of this is the sun making a sextile to Jupiter. So the, the sun is also lighting up this Jupiter space, mm-hmm. uh, basically on um, the 23rd on Monday. So it's, it's interesting. It's almost like, it's almost like the sun Jupiter kind of kicks things off. I probably should have started there, <laughs> um, but uh, it's the sun and Jupiter kick things off with the sextile, but at the same time, Mercury retrograde sextiles uh, Mars basically on like mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, and then the moon lights that up. So, I mean, just the sun and uh, the sun and Jupiter together. I mean, this is another kind of expansive preparatory position of like ideas and, um, and, and I feel like the justice, you know, like the mm-hmm. Venus wanting, uh, you know, fighting for justice and, and the beliefs of, of Jupiter and like, just, it's a noisy week. I feel like there's a lot, a lot of noise going on, uh, in the name of progress, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I think the Sun Jupiter piece is is just very energizing in general. Absolutely. Stimulating. Especially in these signs. Like this is Yeah, exactly. Really, I don't know about you. Jupiter moved into um Aries and like I just had like more energy. Even though Mars is still in Pisces, there's just some sort of shift that yeah. it, it's subtle, but there. Yeah. I think it's gonna be less subtle. Pretty soon, I think. <laughs> I think around right. this this week we're looking at. I mean, so many things happen <laughs> just in that first, you know, the opening five days or so. I know. Of, like, enjoy um, the subtlety now. Um, <laughs> it's not going to be so subtle. And so, speaking of not so subtle, this is basically well. Okay, so there's two ways we can go with this. Um, as we said, big week, big week here. Uh, we have two things happening. Obviously one of the big things is Mars just inching ever closer to Jupiter, which is going to happen like in the, in the last of the balsamic moon on, uh, May 29th will be when that's on Sunday, May 29th, when they, they perfect. Um, but also, Venus, after she does her little dance that we were talking about with Saturn and Pluto here, she moves into her domicile uh, in Taurus um, on Saturday, uh, the 28th. So I guess let's talk about Venus and Taurus a little bit since we were just kind of getting her. But um, it's a different Venus. Yeah. So I, I had this, I was thinking about this earlier and I had this kind of silly thought, which is, you know, Venus is coming to her home sign, um, which is nice and would 
you, you know, would usually have a certain kind of connotation. Um, but it's almost like it's almost like Venus comes home after the eclipses to discover that, you know, her kid has been through like a wild party while she was out. <laughs> and everything is in disarray. Um, and it's like she thought she was coming home from whatever she was doing, you know, in Aries, which is probably a little draining and crazy. She's probably like, okay, I'm I'm gonna come home and I'm gonna like watch TV and sit on the couch and relax. But it's like, nope, she walks in the door, she's like, shit, I have to spend the next, you know, three days is cleaning up the house. Um, now three days is not a real timeline. Um, that's just extrapolating my ridiculous metaphor. Um, but I think um it's 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 gonna be I think that you know we've had Venus and Taurus with Uranus. I don't remember if we've had Venus and Taurus with the North Node yet in this no. time. No. I don't think we have. No. And and certainly not after an eclipse. So this is going to be the most kind of disrupted expression of Venus in its home sign of Taurus that we've seen in this time period. Um, and I just feel like there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of kind of cleaning up to do. Um, that said, it's still, you know, I think it's going to be, it's going to feel good to have Venus and Taurus after, especially after that, um, Pluto square in Aries, um, just on a personal level. Um, yeah, it, 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 I, it calms her down, calms yeah. her down a little bit, which, you know, like can, can, can be good, uh, just for like social energy. Um, but maybe she's a calming down <laughs> with like getting down to earth, having to like organize or like get into like Mm-hmm. Taurus space where there is a uh once again that persistence, that dedication, that commitment there. She's in her bounds first off. So she's like, okay, well, I'm in a better spot. I'm on my own terms. I'm like, <laughs> but uh, like you said, like what is what has happened to me? Where have I been? <laughs> my house looks a little bit different than the last time, than the last year I was here. Um, it's just a it's it's different navigating a different territory. And you know, what does Venus do? She likes to harmonize, she likes to bring peace to a situation, she wants to coordinate, she wants to cooperate, hopefully. Um and so I like the metaphor of like kind of cleaning things up or finding the balance once again, or like re- once that, cause that area of your chart, you know, with Taurus, there was a shakeup that has been happening there with the eclipses. Now, granted mm-hmm. the first one, you know, the solar eclipse was pretty, uh, you know, like it Benevolent. had a, some really nice things going to it. So there could be some beneficial starts that are taking place in that Taurus house, but it doesn't mean that things are status quo or the same, you know, just because, you know, it's like those eclipses, it's like gave us something really nice, I think, but it also gave a lot that went with it. And so how do we rebalance that? How do we clean it up? Yeah. What does harmony look like now? Venus has a job to do. (laughs) Yeah. The way I see it, it's kind of like, you know, what, what this time period between the eclipses and, you know, the Uranus Saturn square, the way that the that the eclipses are activating Uranus, um, I and 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 then just observing what has happened now that we've been through one of the eclipses, it's like things that we that we consider stable and set and fixed have really been disrupted and overturned, and now we have 
Now we have a few more real life examples to point to. I mean, I think, you know, there's the supply chain yes. issues continue yes. and continue. Mm-hmm. You know, the the whole like the whole situation with looming food shortages is like a slow motion car crash that we are watching. Nothing has nothing is preventing that. You know, that's still going on. You know, I I was seeing stuff about like baby formula. There's a shortage oh, I just of saw that. that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of little things that, you know, and it's going to be less little, the more of them there are. Um, and then, of oh. course, you know, the Supreme Court decision, which, yeah. you know, is certain, you know, at this point is only reported, hasn't actually officially happened yet, but, if, you know, effectively has happened. You know, things that we consider stable and have considered stable for an extremely long period of time are really not stable right now. And so... That's kind of what I see when it comes to, you know, that's not going to be, it's, everything's not going to be quite so intense on a personal level for most people, right? Like, for me, I think this is going to be nice and fine because it's basically like, I'm going <laughs> to, there's, there's going to be all this activity in my ninth house. I'm going to go to an astrology conference. I'm going to, you know, meet a bunch of people, have a bunch of new friends, and then Venus will move into the, my ninth house. Maybe I'll just continue to have more good times talking to those new friends, right? You know? <laughs> um, so I think it, it, it's going to p- feel different depending on what the sort of scale is that we're looking at. True. And, and I feel like we're talking about Venus here too. So it's, um, it can bring, you know, it can bring awareness to this. It might, it might have like, uh, all those issues that you're talking about. It could have like, new levels of stasis where it was right. disruptive before, but now we're like, oh, we kind of got a handle on it and we can, but we can only have that handle for so long because I mean, if we're looking into the future, we're looking into Mars, eventually getting into Taurus, activating maybe. Uranus, the North Node, <laughs> all at the end of Ju- July, early August. So it's almost like maybe Venus helps to like stabilize those problems right. for a little bit and like bridge connections and build, you know, like bring it together, but she can only do her job there for so long. That's what I was. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Venus comes around and okay, everything has been destabilized. I'm going to try to stabilize. I'm going right? to do my best. <laughs> I'm going to do my best for the time that I'm here. In the meantime, you know, at some point, that's going to include running into Uranus, you know, <laughs> and crossing crossing the North Node. Um, but you know, that'll be an interesting thing to witness because. I don't want to. I don't want to say it as if Venus will have no power. Right? Venus will have power in that dynamic, but just a big job to do. Yeah, that that is true. A big unstable job to <laughs> a big disruptive job to to handle. Um, but so basically, having Venus move into Taurus, she's in a better place now. So we'll let her hang out there while she had you know enjoy it. how you can. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, We might need her there for a little bit. Um, But this really brings us to uh, the day before the new moon in Gemini uh, here on Sunday, the 29th of May, when we have Mars and Jupiter meet. And so what, I mean, a potent combination, (laughs) let's just say, obviously we've already illustrated the the fact that Mars is in its own sign. Uh, it's in its own decan. Jupiter is in its own bounds. Jupiter now has a, its ruler on top of it. Um, both planets are incredibly strong. And at the same time, 
you know, we're leading to this new moon in Gemini that has this signature uh, when the new moon's on Monday, May 30th, um, which isn't that, is that Memorial? That's Memorial Day, I think here. In, oh, is yeah. It? Is it? Uh, um, yeah, thanks. Uh, I think I like do it. I probably should pull up a calendar. <clears throat> yes, it is. I, uh, that is correct. Mon- Monday, May 30th is Memorial Day. Um, but something to think about too, as we lead up, uh, on Sunday to the new moon taking place. Cause I think it takes place at like the, like the dawn of midnight or something. It's really, or no, not that early, but it's, it's early morning on Monday. But point being here, we have this balsamic Gemini moon making a sextile to this Mars Jupiter conjunction. And we always know, you know, the balsamic moon, this, these are, it is dark. There is seeds being laid. There is, uh, we're in contemplative mode, kind of, as much as you can be with all the Gemini areas going on. Um, But any thoughts on, I mean, these two together, but also the fact that they seed during the darkest hour of a moon cycle too. Yeah, I think my my thinking about it, I mean, I'm going to, I'm trying to, trying to contain myself from going because <laughs> I, I find myself wanting to talk about the world a lot. I, you know, uh, it's important. I mean, it's quite a world right now, isn't it? It is. Talk um, about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way I see it kind of building up what we were just talking about this, the instability of the eclipses, Uranus, you know, Uranus is, has gotten a leg up in this battle with Saturn recently. Um, yes. Partially because Saturn is also just has more distance, right? So they're yeah. they're they're not as Saturn is not constraining Uranus as much at the moment. And so with all this instability, there's just a lot of stuff has been shaken. And I think I think like in the aftermath of that, there's this in and in this very, very dark moon moment, there's sort of we are I think there is this piece of like laying the seeds of Okay, laying the seeds of the Mars-Jupiter conjunction or whatever that represents, which, you know, is going to be some, something personally, but then on a collective level, you put those planets together. It's really like, I, I see it as sort of, it's like uh, coalescing a, a philosophy or, uh, or a mental or spiritual framework for you know, for waging war. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. Um, and so I think that, you know, when I think about, especially putting it in that frame of like, you know, uh, planting the seeds, right? I feel like this might be, there's probably going to be events that coincide with the Mars-Jupiter conjunction Oh yeah. Um, that are big and loud. But I think almost more importantly, is what you're talking about, about laying the seeds of this, almost like an ideological um, birth. And Gemini. Happening, which I believe, is, will, yeah, exactly. It's the perfect carrier of that. Uh, yeah, which I think is going to is gonna play out um, over a longer period of time. You know, like the, this is going to, there's going to be ripples in terms of like the, 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 the coalescing of, of, you know, ideas. Um, sorry, I just sort of no. lost my train of thought. Mid that's, that's all right. It's a that happens when you talk so long about yeah. planets. Um, Jupiter, but you know, Jupiter unifies, and and Mars attacks. You know, Mars has a has a 
a battle to wage. So that's what I see. And I totally agree with you there. And it makes me think about just like, you know, waging the war of individual beliefs, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, we're, it's almost like, you know, people are organizing based on their positions and stances of like their, the individual belief system um, too. And of course we're gonna have strong figureheads come out, like, you know, having yeah. Mars and Jupiter conjunct, like, I talking about this in the last podcast about just crossing over the Aries point and Jupiter and Aries. There's, there's always big power changes, big power shifts, plays for power, people coming into power, people being, um, killed for power, you know, like there's this, this happens basically. But as you pointed out, you know, we're talking about a, a conjunction that is setting up a longer cycle, uh, here, of course. And, you know, it takes Mars a couple years to get around the Zodiac. So this is a very, um, very strong Martian signature for Mars to carry on, uh, in relation to Mars and Jupiter topics. Um, for a good amount of time and having it seed right before a Gemini new moon is an excellent sounding board for whatever that mm-hmm. mission is. Right. Because it's not even just a Gemini new moon. That Gemini new moon is, you know, it, it's, it's close enough. It, it, it's basically the last aspect that the, uh, the moon makes is that sextile to Mars and Jupiter before it seeds. So I feel like like you said, the kind of the doling out of the, of the mission or the way it just keeps coming. It's just going to keep coming within this lunar cycle, but there's obviously a much larger mission that's going to take a very, a, a much longer period to then activate. Um, mm-hmm. But it's big. It's, it's yeah. big. And we're talking about Aries. We're talking about new beginnings. We're talking about uh, initiatives uh, and big enthusiasm, confidence. We're going to see that in the world but we're going to see it in our own lives too. You know, we are going to have some sort of, um, it it feels big, motivating and big inspiration. Yeah. To some extent too. Um, Cause we got to live, we still got to live our own lives within this chaotic world. That doesn't end, you know? Yeah. So. Um, One, one thing I noticed is that this new moon, which I guess you're moving to now, I am moving to this uh, new moon, May 30th, 4.30 yeah. a.m. Pacific. Uh, you know, very early nine degrees. Um, it's very close to the degree. I mean, it's pretty much the same degree that Mars will station direct yes. after the retrograde in Gemini. Yes. So Mars stations direct at eight degrees um, in January next year. That really draws my attention, especially because Mars is 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 you know making an aspect to the new moon even yeah. in this chart. Um, Mars, it's like the, I think that you know whatever we're we're describing about the the birth that happens with the Mars Jupiter conjunction is going to have a pivot point, you know, on that Mars station in January. So you know, yeah. Come, come talk to us and, you know. <laughs> come talk to us back then. We'll see. We'll, we'll know much more <laughs> about this Mars uh, Mars business. Um, it obviously catches my eye because I literally, my Mars is nine degrees Gemini. And I'm oh, just right. like, oh, I'm like, come on. I'm like, see this new moon. And then I'm thinking about the Mars cycle and the retrograde and it coming back there. Oh, well, hopefully it will be empowering. And let, let us you. hope. Let us hope. <laughs> and I also can't help but notice 
this is this is less uh this is less nice uh it's also the where the u.s sibley chart has uranus yes yeah it's true and the descendant of the the yes so there is we're back to the warring yeah it's you know it's common sense to say there's big stuff going on in the states right now yeah um but i think particularly this sort of uh i don't know i mean the our seventh house in that silly chart is pretty wild uh with mars you, there too and yeah. i think it stations on that mars then it works pretty close so yeah Whew. i think i think there's the the degree to which we are fighting each other is going to really kick up a notch here but i think yeah. you don't have to be an astrologer to know that yeah, you you don't, but uh, the stars are helping to confirm. So if you're, <laughs> you're certainly wondering. are, um, and you know, like thinking about like we're really diving into this uh, Mars Jupiter conjunction signature, obviously, and the, the luminaries playing into it, and that is absolutely a big piece, huge piece. Um, but it's interesting to think about the the luminaries being ruled by that Mercury retrograde. Uh, that is getting ever closer to that uh, lunar eclipse degree. And it's also in that formation that we were talking about earlier where it, you know, trines Pluto, it squares Saturn and it sextiles Neptune. So, yeah, so we bring all these outers and these bigger, you know, collective energies to play within it too, because of those, those planets being there. But Mercury in a square to Saturn I think that's the closest. No, it's it's about the same because literally Saturn and Neptune are both at 25 degrees and 13 minutes of a sign. Like, oh my God. like it's down to like the minute how close wow. those two are together. But Mercury doesn't quite get there, right? Do, Mercury, yeah, it doesn't it quite stations, get to 25. Station's at 26, I believe. Let me bring old Mercury up here. Which you know, I'm kind of glad. <laughs> glad it doesn't. It like it like it like hints I mean, at that. It's like, would you rather have it be exactly square as Saturn or conjunct Algol? You know, <laughs> pick your poison. Pick your poison. Yeah. So, um, but there's still tension there, right? You know. Um, oh yeah. And maybe it's and then maybe part of that is like unresolved too, because it doesn't. Because it doesn't get there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I will say that Mercury is. I feel like. It's kind of the opposite of what we were saying earlier about Mercury retrograde currently, or while it's in Gemini, is like, you know, it still feels fast, right? Yeah. Um, despite the fact that Mercury is literally moving slowly um, and, the, and Mercury is retrograde. When it's at this point, it's stationing... It's square Saturn. It's in Taurus, which is not a fast sign at all. Mercury nope. <laughs> is really everything about this is saying slow, except slow for maybe the North down. Node. Yeah. Yeah. And then slow and weird, right? <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> with the Neptune influence there. Yeah, too. with the Neptune and Pluto. Uh, it's like slow, weird, and deep. And, um, and the moon is sextiling uh Mercury too from from Cancer when it when it goes direct on uh friday june 3rd um yeah. it will probably be asleep <laughs> most of us here in the states uh if you're overseas not so much but um so, so the weird is yeah. accentuated the, the weird accentuated right because we got moon trining neptune 
too. It's opposing. So the moon's lighting up that uh, Neptune-Pluto piece as well on Friday the 3rd. Um, And what's interesting about this whole period too is after the new moon, between the new moon and the first quarter in Virgo, that happens Tuesday, uh, June 7th, there's really not, I mean, there's really not a lot going on in the skies. I mean, there is, we've kind of illustrated that there is a lot going on in the skies, but as far as like the movements that we just all, like we dissected of before the new moon, all that's really going on after the new moon um, is Mercury stationing direct on the 3rd on Friday and then Saturn, you know, and we know that these two are kind of working together right now. Saturn just happens to be stationing retrograde the following day on June 4th. So Mm -hmm. we have the, even though there's not much going on, there is these heavy, you know, this heavy configuration that is stationing in opposite directions. So, I mean, any thoughts on those, like working as a pair? Yeah, well, it's interesting because they're, especially because they're not going not exact in, yeah. their, in their square. They're not really meeting. They're they're turning around. Just like, <laughs> I didn't see you. I feel yeah. you there, but I'm not interacting <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I I can't help thinking about the last um, the last time Mercury station direct square Saturn was the election, <laughs> oh. the U.S presidential election i believe uh, 2016 2020 2020 i just go back to the 2016. thinking about <laughs> it's all 2016 thinking about you know as an example of things going slow um mm. you know on one hand you're like oh great mercury is direct on the other hand mercury is stationed and it's square saturn um I, so as an example of things going slow if you think about the ballot counting process <laughs> in November. It took like how long? Like three weeks. Um, so many delays, so many issues. Now I'm not saying that's not going to happen because, you know, that's not the same moment, but, um, but at the same time, yeah, it's like both these planets are kind of planting a flag and saying like, look here, <laughs> this is important. This, this space is important. Um, so Saturn is, is doing the same, um, and which is great because this is just before squaring my natal Saturn. So I get a little bit of a reprieve. Uh, <laughs> it says, I'm, I'm going to turn around. And I say, okay, go right You're ahead. Like, go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but you feel it. <laughs> I think the other thing I would just say, just to kind of like contextualize, like, what, like a Saturn station, you know, Saturn has been carving out this territory in Aquarius. Yeah. Right. And so now it's going to turn around and, and go back and review. So let's, you know, if we go with the sort of easiest metaphor of Saturn is building structures, you know, or building new systems in Aquarius, probably new mental frameworks, et cetera, mm-hmm. new bureaucracies, whatever it yes. is. Um, some of that stuff, it's sort of like, all right, we have to go actually make sure that the structure is sound, you know, so Saturn has been in its sort of most diurnal mode for a while, and now it's going back in the other direction. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And it, it covered a lot of territory during it sure its, its direct. I mean, it's been it's been moving direct since October 10th of 2021. Um, and we know, I mean, just pull it back. Think about all that that's happened in that time. Um 
And so from June 4th, when it goes retrograde until October 22nd, you know, which just happens to be, I don't know, a couple of days before an eclipse <laughs> <laughs> coming in the solar eclipse in Scorpio. Um, I have a feeling that when Saturn emerges once again, uh, it'll be very potent. Um, yeah. And so we do have this uh, handful of months where Saturn is, like you said, it's kind of, I wouldn't say going back to the drawing board, but I mean, there is a lot that's happened that needs to be uh, sorted out and, and mm-hmm. strategized and like really, you know, take time taken with. Um, and I mean, so if you have Saturn, if you have any planets basically at about 25 degrees, give or take, of uh, fixed signs, you know, Aquarius, Taurus, Leo, or Scorpio, you're going to be, you're probably going to be feeling uh, this, uh, this turnaround here. Um, and, and you've already been feeling it because the lunar eclipse was at 25. Exactly. So, so Saturn's like, let me, we're not done here. Um, (laughs) and it's going to retrograde back to the 18 degrees of, uh, Aquarius. So really, you know, if you got some planets between 18 and 25, give or take, there's a Saturn, Saturn ain't done with you yet. Um, but, uh, but the first pass has commenced and now it's time to get back into the review of that. But I feel like Saturn retrograde is a great time to like, you know, restructure things. And we think about, um, like Aquarius just being that a very visionary place, different, different visions than Pisces, you know, these are more uh, utopian or ideal and like concept and future, you know, projection Mm -hmm. in my mind, or like, you know, the, the future blueprint, um, that we're working with. And there's all these different, like, you know, systems, uh, and, and world and, um, a world framework that has definitely changed that we have to now incorporate, like, for example, like I thought I was going to buy a house this year, but I look at house prices and hello, they are like, I just, I can't, I can't, (laughs) uh, it's in Saturn is basically dancing over my IC in Aquarius. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, there's been, there's delays there. So the plan there, so how, how do we go back with this and, you know, and, and reformulate the plan because the plan, it can't be manifested in the same way that it once was because now, you know, the world is working differently. Um, yeah. So yeah. The other thing that, (laughs) yeah. The other thing that crosses my mind is, you know, everything we've been saying, we were saying earlier about this destabilization of Uranus and the eclipses. Um, this is going to bring Saturn back into that square with Uranus in a much greater intensity. You know, this, this turning point. Yeah is when Saturn, it's almost like Saturn was like, to do, I've, I've, all right, I, I, I had that fist fight with Uranus. I think I probably won. I'm going to, I'm going to get going. And then it's like, oh, wait, what's going on back there? Wait, <laughs> what's going on back stronger. there? Like, what? Yeah. In like the middle of fixed signs, things are looking crazy. I think they may need me. I think maybe I left too soon. Obviously I, this funny. is not the actual thought process of the planet Saturn, but um, I think that some of the, you know, lumbering structures of society are kind of going to be enacting that. It's sort of like, oh, I thought we were moving, we're not, okay, we got to go back and deal with that stuff that I left behind, you know, Um, especially on a really macro scale. Um, Absolutely. 
So maybe, you know, maybe Saturn in this retrograde phase will go and try to contain some of that disruption. We need some, it's almost like, did I say we need some Saturn? We need some Saturn. (laughs) Saturn. uh, We don't need more square. (laughs) I don't, I don't want more Saturn Uranus square in my life, but I, you know, I know there's some aspects of our, of our world that, that needs Saturn more than Uranus. to speak to what we were talking about earlier and like, almost, you know, we talked about things not quite making it an unfinished business. It's like yeah. one thing to not make it and know that it's going to come back around, but with Saturn, you're on the Uranus square. It's not, it's not going to come back around. It yeah. is, it's very present, but it's not going to perfect there. So it's almost like cleaning it up to yeah. me, like, and Saturn's coming back to kind of clean it up a little bit because Uranus has run rampant. Um, and we still need Saturn's influence there, uh, for this, this bigger overarching tension that has been happening, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022. I mean, the years are taking us into even more stuff, of course, you know, astrology never stops, but especially at the beginning of this decade, I'm like, who who lined this up? Um, so I think, I think we need, yeah, Saturn to clean, clean some things up here a little bit. Um, but only because there has been so tension and the balance has gotten off. Yeah. So, so keep in mind to summarize that week period, uh, you know, Monday, the 30th through, uh, basically Tuesday, uh, June 7th, when we have our first quarter in Virgo, talk about cleaning it up. (laughs) I feel like a first quarter in Virgo feels very like, let's figure this out. Um, There is just a lot of shifting. We get this whole lunar uh, cycle started off with stations, basically a station direct by Mercury and a station retrograde by Saturn. So there are like this, this stillness in the sky, but at the same time, this kind of it's a it's a different type of shift taking place, um, and it's kicking everything off. So let us move. Uh, so, okay, we, we definitely have Gemini and Virgo planets here today. So we're going to try to, uh, we're going to try to go a little faster through some of this stuff. Um, all right. So Virgo first quarter on, uh, the Tuesday, the seventh, I feel like, okay. So Virgo first quarter, then Mercury is going to make, you know, Mercury's all slow here. We've been talking about Mercury being slow and it's going to make a trine. It's last trine to Pluto here in Capricorn. So we've got an earth trine going, we've got a first quarter, uh, moon and an earth sign kicking things off. Um, we also have Venus and Uranus getting closer and closer to conjunction, but also in an earth sign. Um, and then eventually, uh, we'll have Mercury move back into Gemini. So, I mean, this week to me feels productive in, you know, we got so much earth taking place, um, with Mercury, Pluto, Virgo, first moon, first moon, first quarter. (laughs) Um, it looks to me like a return to a more recognizable reality after a mm -hmm. lot of very surreal experiences in, in between eclipse, you know, especially coming out of eclipse time. Um, you know, now we're getting into the next lunar phase, you know, the moon is visible. There's a little more kind of energy and a little more agency restored to our lives as we go about our business, <laughs> you know, it's, it's almost like getting a handle on something again. Yeah. Like it's uh, especially Mercury, Pluto final round, Mercury's starting to pick up 
face, not too much. It's, it's really yeah. just sitting there. But yeah, um, Mercury, and then Merc- yeah, Mercury moving into the trine with Pluto. I feel like it's the third one. I just, you know, I I imagine there's going to be some kind of, you know, investigative journalism that's going to come <laughs> through. That's going to, you know, be kind of uh, noteworthy. Yeah, Maybe something definitely. that has been in the works throughout this retrograde period. Totally. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, and and a lot and that can that can shift things, you know, shifting shifting those perspectives, getting Mercury geared up to get back into Gemini, mm-hmm. um, you know, because that's kind of what's happening here. Uh, first quarter in Virgo, backed by Mercury trining Pluto, is interesting too, and like kind of like that the idea of like getting a handle on something, getting back to business, dealing with uh, changes and what's shifted and having to move real world pieces around. You know, when I think about Virgo, it's like, I have to like literally do something in the here and now on planet earth. Like, right. like I am moving. I have no choice by having to clean that closet out and get in there and, and do that. Or like, oh, I've been ignoring this paperwork for so long and now it's, it's big and it neat in order to for the, the, the job to get done or the job to carry through. I have to handle all these nitty gritty details. And um, so it feels very like embodied down earth, like earth still needs you. You got <laughs> things to do. Let's do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, Venus at the same time is like, hi, I'm hanging out with Uranus. <sighs> um, so the week seems pretty productive, I think, in that sense. But by the time we get to the weekend, so basically Friday, um, especially Saturday, because here we have that moon. <laughs> The moon. moon. This is what I'm saying. Is, this this Gemini season. Is the moon is stirring things up. Yeah. Yeah. The so moon basically, is there. it's always there. It's always you turn around and the moon just glaring at you, and you're like, "Where'd you come from?" Um, so here we have this uh, on Saturday, June 11th. We have Venus uh, conjuncting Uranus with that good old Scorpio moon making an opposition to that place. Uh, you know, meanwhile, we're getting closer and closer to a full moon in Sagittarius. So we got a lot of lunar energy behind this Venus Uranus conjunction. And, um, you know, <clears throat> and uh, especially more, uh, Scorpio moon backed by Mars, who's reaching almost the middle of Aries there, getting close to Chiron if, you're, if you practice Chiron. So there's some edginess. There, there's some yeah. edginess around the relationship planets in their own signs, uh, but in mm-hmm. aversion too. <laughs> I'm just looking at this, thinking like, wow, what a what a chart for a person this would be. <laughs> to be <laughs> bl- I know it's going to be somebody's chart. Oh, it'll be someone's. It'll be a few people. This, this baby is going to have quite a life. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I see this. Um, I think you know various things. I mean, I think. All the everything we talked about with the the Venus ingress into Taurus is going to come to life in in a profound way here with Venus meeting Uranus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever the story is in that house for for you, um, this is the ruler of this of this house coming into contact with this very liberatory energy that's that's all about overthrowing. You know, overthrowing outdated structures. Um, so this tension of of stabilize and destabilize is really activated here, and the moon is present to be like, to really make it clear and make it come through, um, albeit in an opposition. 
And so, you know, I think, I mean, and I, I think in the world, I think th these women's rights issues, just, it's hard not to think about it. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's just like, uh, it's right there. And, and I think especially because, you know, the, the Taurus Scorpio axis, um, mm -hmm. feels really activated, especially around like bod bodily rights. Yeah. You know, bodily well, and reproductive rights. And reproductive rights. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I'm sure there's going to be some, some major action. Um, maybe, yeah. and maybe this will be, I mean, I'm just like, it just looks like the, the chart of massive. It feels progress. like a good, um, protest day yeah, or it, it feels does. like it really uh, hit the streets or we are doing, or we're having a fundraiser, you know, these are money signs too. We're having a fundraiser to raise yeah. money for, you know, the freedom of women and their, and their autonomy over their, their bodies um, and their reproductive organs. And, you know, like this, but <laughs> also that Scorpio moon to me feels like a time of like processing the emotional like dimensions of this and, of and it all. yeah and with the south node there like a sort of shedding mm. there's like there's like shedding and there's like a bit of like a grief energy and and an anger you know with the with the mars and aries yeah and and maybe like and just having the moon in aversion to uh the ruler mars too it's like you can almost be like blindsided by you know the rage that's actually there Right. And it can come up in ways that the, you know, emotionally maybe maybe you're not prepared for, or it just kind of can take you by surprise in a sense. And immediately when I saw this connection too, I'm thinking, well, this is the first time we've, we've actually revisited this, you know, lunar position since the eclipse, the lunar yeah. eclipse too. So it's like, it could be activating, um, that energy again, also, like you said, the South node energy, which does tend to give us a moment of release or something that's draining us that has to be like processed and go gone through and, and let go of or released in some way. Um, so it's a very potent weekend. It's definitely a different weekend than the, the one before I am looking at it because just a full disclosure, this is my Uranus opposition. <laughs> Wow. It's pretty much exactly. Wow. So uh, I'm like, I know that I'm going to be in for something. Like, let's just say that. <laughs> um, but uh, do your listeners know your chart relatively well. I, yeah, I tend to talk about it a, okay. a lot. So then um, also, like, first, seventh. Yeah, because right. I have Uranus on my ascendant. Exactly. So I'm like, I, I'm, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm looking, <laughs> am I looking forward to it? Um, <laughs> I'm learning more and more about Uranus because I'm I'm a Uranian person to begin with. I mean, I got Uranus on the ascendant. Like I'm I'm intimately connected with this planet. My mom also has that. No, really, I'll have to pick your brain later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, having it come around and like activate the angles and be yeah, um, it's it's a it's a roller coaster ride, and obviously partnership is involved. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, but it's very interesting too, just being in fixed signs. You know, like, uh, because it, it there is disruption there, but it's also this very concretized place of, uh, yeah. you know, Scorpio and, and Taurus. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, though, because it, I want to do a podcast about this sometime. I'd love to bring a panel on of some people that have been through some midlife 
transits because yeah. there, there's no going back from this point. I mean, obviously can't turn back time, but these are defining life transits to, yeah. to go through. And, uh, I'm, I am in the midst of it. Um, <laughs> and, but to see signatures like this come up that activate it, it's like, once again, it's like, of course, universe, how, <laughs> how, how much can you give me uh, <laughs> with, with this? So I'll, I'll report back people. I'll let you know, um, how that, how that goes, but looking ahead, I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> get ready. Um, I, I would like to hear the update personally. Yeah. <laughs> Usually. All right. It'll happen. It will happen. Um, so yeah, bookmark your calendars, June uh, 10th, 11th, 12th, especially that 11th, we have Venus, Uranus in town and the moon activating that up. Uh, so now we move ahead to Mercury ingressing back into Gemini. And I feel like we've done a, a treatment on that to some extent on June 13th, we've kind of talked about how Mercury is going to get back to its back to its zone. It's picking up speed. Um, it kind of knows what it's doing to some extent. <laughs> uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, I think so. it's going to be really nice. I think it's just, it's going to feel very good. Um, it might be a little bit chaotic, you know, I've, I've been noticing Mercury and Gemini. I'm like, Oh, right. I'm so distracted. Um, so there might be some of that, but I just think it's going to feel good to have such a, you know, healthy Mercury with pretty much only, only, you know, helpful aspects, which is to say pretty much the only aspect worth mentioning at this point. Yeah. It, it, you know, when Mercury is in early Gemini is the sextile, the applying sextile, sextile to Jupiter, Jupiter, which will, yeah. which will build. It's, it's, it's building, it's coming. It's so interesting that Mercury just squeaks on into Gemini just in time for the Sagittarius full moon on June 14th, on Tuesday. Um, because now the sun is backed by its, you know, ruling planet back at the same degree it had the Kazemi. Uh, when Gemini season started. So it's interesting that, to have this full lunation, a loud lunation. You know, I feel like I feel like this is a party lunation. It's definitely a party lunation since it's T-square to Neptune, let's just say. You know, <laughs> like, watch those. Uh, don't take in too much. Don't drink <laughs> and drive. Because uh, so here we have again, like, su- life and its, its paradoxical information. It's like, here we have this bright, Mercury, it's in Gemini. It's like, all right, I'm getting my speed back. I'm like back in my territory. And then we have a full moon, square Neptune. It's like, wait, <laughs> I put the certainty. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I'm just glad that Mercury's not. Yeah, I'm just glad Mercury's not not caught up in the Neptune yet. Yet. Yeah, I, yet. I like when Mercury has a little independence from yeah. from you know some of the crazy stuff that's going on. Yeah, I just feel like this full moon is you know there's there's there, it has this the sex you know the moon has the sextile to saturn sun trine saturn yeah um it's a saturn neptune is, piece again <laughs> yeah and you know i think i think the saturn piece is i'm not i'm not worried about it you know it'll be it'll be constructive i think um for the most part but i feel like you know if if saturn is kind of pushing you to like get something done, you know, like, oh, you could do something really, really productive with this time or whatever. The Neptune thing is really throwing a wrench in that. And I just feel like, I just feel like it's, it's better. This is a better time 
spent, you know, just like spacing out or reading a book or Absolutely. having having weird conversations that can go wherever they need to go. Um, as you know, so I was thinking it, it kind of reminds me of what we were talking about earlier. We're like entertain the Mercury Jupiter, mm. at the beginning of Je Gemini season mm -hmm. where this is kind of like, you know, let the ideas of, you know, whatever Saturn's influences here, let the ideas percolate, but don't like stress out too much about like doing something tangible with them like in this moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I mean, we have a concentration of air, fire and water. And then, but we, I mean, we have Venus and Uranus over there in earth, but you think Venus and Uranus are trying to get things done? I don't, you know, <laughs> like, I don't think Venus is like, I need a break. <laughs> oh, geez. So I, I agree with you. Like I feel, and of course this is a Tuesday, right? So if you're working in type of normal work week, you know, you might be yeah. like, why isn't this a weekend aspect? But yes. um yeah, I totally agree with you there. It's like entertain some ideas, percolate it, let us switch around. Don't uh, imbibe too much. Uh, don't get too serious, but don't get too loopy. <laughs> yeah. um, it's interesting with Mars and Chiron conjunct uh, just off in its own um, space too. If you're if a, you're a Chiron follower. Um, you know, Mars, Mars and Chiron, it can be a little itchy, scratchy, uh, and irritation kind of triggers. So it's just interesting to think of just having such a hotbed, um, lunation, because I mean, when we think about soapbox, like that, this mm. is a gem, this is a Sagittarius full moon. Like there, yeah. this is a soapbox energy to me. Like, um, I, I feel like this is like, if you haven't heard the latest conspiracy theory. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, like I think, this be one. I think that this whole the, the all of Gemini season, it's like giving birth to the next round of information warfare, yeah. and then you know this is this is maybe the first time we get to really see it play out. You know, whatever's been brewing behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although. Yeah, there's there's multiple stories there. I feel like this there's is like, definitely multiple stories there. Literally, I just think this is pretty much a repeat of like it doesn't doesn't uh, the former president have his sun and moon yes. pretty much exactly this, here? Yes, this is I think like it's off by like one degree. <laughs> yeah, this is like a repeat of his natal chart right here. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so you know, expect suggests that he might be in the news. Maybe. Oh no, yeah, you. I, maybe Elon you know, Musk will let him back on Twitter <laughs> on June fourteenth. I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, and even talking about that, like you know, the big a hot spot of like you know Musk taking over Twitter and like these social platforms. I think these are things that are going to be in yeah in the news as well too. Yeah. You know, like what. What can we talk about? It will be talked about now. Like that's <laughs> essentially, and so just prepare for information overload, especially Mercury at zero degrees, Gemini. Um, Cause that, that is a reality, but we might not know uh, the truth of everything. There might be some murkiness with that Neptune. Uh, there's probably a lot of people who are going to be like easily acting like authorities on something with that Saturn trying you know like saturn's like mm -hmm. i'm the i know what this is talking about but neptune's at the same time is like do you do we have all the information is it you know like mark is gonna <laughs> square me later we're gonna it's go back so funny this. yeah 
you say that, I have this note for myself it's about, about these aspects. It says, is it a good or bad day to be king? Maybe both. Authority tries to reassert itself, but runs into a wall of mist. <laughs> So, okay. Well, but I feel like that's that was just for my own kind of. That's exactly. Thinking, I, I think but you that's just, exactly uh, what you're saying. <laughs> I think you just summed up the, the whole movement perfectly. Um, yeah. So just be aware of that when we're with this going on, but also have a good time because you know what? This, this is playful energy too, to some extent too. So, and sometimes we have to when there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot coming at us. Information, you know, like talk, like. Sometimes we just need to like shake it off and just have mm-hmm. some social time and just be silly or playful or not care for a second, you know? <laughs> okay. Especially with everything that's going on. Yeah. And the amount that we will be caring. And the amount that we will be caring, caring and carrying. Um, yeah. So, so June 14th, and you know, this continues on because what's going to happen is the sun is then going to move into its exact uh, trine with Saturn and exact sextile, or excuse me, square with Neptune on the 16th. They're like within like an hour or so of one, one another, they're pretty close in in the day. So on Thursday, the 16th, we're carrying on this, this Saturn Neptune, um, bit that we're, we're talking about. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And the thing, the thing that I said about, you know, good or bad day to be king was referring to this. This in particular. Yeah. This particular. Yeah. Cause I was thinking about Saturn and the sun as, you know, the two two planets that represent authority, you know, sort of executive authority and then paternalistic, disciplined, traditional authority and rules, um, having this trine. But then, you know, with the sun being squared by Neptune, the sun is king. It's, it's got the king. backing of, of Saturn, but it's got got to contend with that Neptune. So yeah, and and that's sometimes you're just pawing at the. On at nothing, you know, like or you're trying to create the structure, you're trying to, but at the same time, it's just like this tension of um of you know disillusion or degrade or illusion or fantasy or spectacle. Like imagine, you know, a spectacle of power going on mm-hmm. where someone tries to assert or you know, new ideas and it becomes like a big thing because Neptune is very spectacle like you see it in a lot of mm-hmm. sporting events you know when there's just a, a vision to behold so what is mm-hmm. that um yeah and then we get to decipher what we take from it right because that's the interesting thing about gemini and what we we're talking about perception and and like having the spectacle before us it's like asks five people on a street corner what they just saw and it probably you're gonna all be slightly different so it, it kind of has that energy too but that's kind of the it's an interesting week really with that that full moon in Sagittarius and then the sun just moving through Saturn and Neptune energy. So like we said in the beginning of like, this is, a, we don't know, this is a study time. Let's see how Neptune and Saturn interact with each other. Um, yeah. This is our learning position here. Now on a couple of days later, uh, we have, and so we're getting close to the end of Gemini season here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Actually, not even a couple days later. I had it on the same day, on the same day, on the 16th, on that Thursday, we have Venus conjunct the North Node. So back again to like these issues, women's issues, you know, that we were talking about too, or maybe uh, power, you know, declaring, decreeing something with the, the air energy 
but Venus over there, um, look at the moon, look at the moon in <laughs> Capricorn. Just, just like, yep, I'm trying in, I'm trying in, uh, you know, so I, I feel like some Venus news is absolutely going to come out probably the morning of, on Thursday, um, having to do with some sort of like governmental structure or something like that. Uh, but, you know, this is always a pivotal uh, placement. I um, mean, anything that touches the North Node, there's some sort of like destiny-laden moment to it. So when we're talking about relationships and, and social uh, interaction and balance and justice and, you know, things along those lines. So mm-hmm. any thought, thoughts there? Mm, I have nothing to add on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and just to, so back to our Venus or our Saturn-Neptune experiment. Venus mm-hmm. is going to conjunct the North Node on the 16th, but then she goes on to the 18th on that Saturday to uh, square Saturn and make a sextile to Neptune. Yeah. So Venus is now doing this dance too, but it has the Saturn tension, which reminds yeah. me of the sextile earlier that led to the Pluto action in, you know, in the first week of Gemini season. Um, and now, so we have this, this kind of commitment structure tension going on with uh, Venus. I would say in the time that I've been paying attention to astrology at like a very close level, which is not, you know, to be fair, not super long, but in that time period, I've never been more aware of Venus coming in and out of really like major challenges. Like, I think it might just be a sensitivity to it, but, and also just having that whole Aquarius period, which was pretty rough for for Venus. But, yeah. you know, here we go yet again, <laughs> you know, Venus running into some wild stuff um, with this Saturn square and then these other these other aspects. Um, so, yeah, look it's at the moon. Sorry. And then, <laughs> and then the, moon the moon's on Saturn and Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> the moon is always there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean. It definitely looks like it's like those who have managed to use this time of Venus and Taurus to enjoy themselves. It's like they might run into some obstacles <laughs> at this point with the Saturn square. Yeah, um, the the reality. But it's and also Saturn like, is in the superior position. Exactly, Saturn's in the superior position. It's interesting because they're both in domicile. Both planets yeah. are in domicile. Saturn's superior, plus it's got the moon lighting it up. Yeah. To me, this seems like like distance. You know, like I think relational distance, especially in your own lives. Like you might, like it, it could be tests of commitment. But it also could be tests of just space. Like, okay, I've had like I need a little bit of space here. Saturn takes yeah. over, um, or sometimes you get space because your loved one has a commitment that they can't get out of, or like something, and you're just right. separated at that time. It doesn't have to be something too serious. I mean, Saturn is also retrograde too, so there could be just processing a Venus with just all the tensions of Saturn that she's been with and feeling the weight of Saturn, and she just might feel a little down and want to be with herself a little bit and, you know, kind of Neptune out, um, uh, to some extent, um, maybe do some like creative activities. I feel like a good outlet would be connect with your creative self, maybe work on a project or, um, Mm -hmm. even build one too. If you're, if you're you're trying to get a creative project going and need some structure, uh, Saturn will test you, but, um, I think there's activating energy there too. So, 
something that I that I haven't brought up yet, but I learned last night was oh. <laughs> that because um, I was thinking about all of this. You know, there's there's so many hits at like 24, 25, 26 degrees of um, of Taurus and Scorpio. And I noticed last night, and I was sort of wished I could unsee it. So sorry to all you <laughs> listeners. Um, that I, I never looked closely at the at the EU chart before, but mm. the EU chart has a Mars Pluto conjunction at twenty four degrees Scorpio, oh. with the Moon at twenty four degrees Taurus. Oh. And so now I will. I, I I guess I'll just add as an interpretive layer that this is, you know, the chart of the treaty that codified the EU, right? It's not like the chart of Europe as a whole um, and all of the people of Europe, right? It's it's about the, the governmental body that, you know, of for the European Union. But I just feel like this will be an interesting time. Obviously, obviously, it's a really profoundly challenging time. It's also uh this the saturn return of the eu is what we're witnessing right now so with this saturn retrograde um it's going it's moving backwards for its second hit of the saturn return um so i think all of these all of these astrological events that are around those degrees are going to really be impacting that chart and that's i think going to be something really major to witness yeah. um so I think the other thing that I see with Venus and Taurus uh, is just, you know, with all the supply issues that have been happening, like mm -hmm. Venus is here representing sort of like uh, goods from like a market standpoint. Yeah. Um, and so I honestly, I'm, I'm mostly curious and I don't know what it's going to mean for Saturn to be in her home sign you know, with regard to that kind of issue that's playing out, is that going to be what we talked about earlier, like stabilization? Or is it going to be um, an attempt at stabilization? Is it going to be strength? Or is it just going to call more attention to that problem? You know, it, none of these options would really surprise me. Um, well, and when you were saying that, I started to think about kind of like Mercury's uh, journey there and, and retrograding back through it and him having to, you know, Mercury looking to Venus um, and, you mm. know, because Mercury is the planet of transaction, basically, you know, like that's, that is the good seller, the good, <laughs> like that right, is where right, that right. happens. And especially with it slowing down, uh, being backward, you know, like backwards for having, how, how long going through the, those Pluto Neptune, Saturn placements that we were talking about. And so it could absolutely be that like Venus can only do so much. Um, and, uh, you know, but I mean, Mercury's back in its domicile here. I'd like to say that helps, but that could also just increase demand when there's no supply. Um, <laughs> you know, so that's, that's a thing too. Um, and, it, and it's hard to say, but like what you pointed out about the EU chart, I think that is very important to note. Um, especially as, you know, cause we are in the last days of, of Gemini here now, you know, we are headed towards solstice. We're headed to another cardinal point. Cardinal points are important parts of the, you know, the Zodiac. And when they are activated, they're typically world event, um, triggers too. So to have this kind of lead up into that with really, 
you know, the last, you were closing out the season with the last pass of uh, Mercury to Jupiter there, that sextile. But we also have Venus um, right before the solstice, like hours before the solstice, and it's going to be in the solstice chart, that Venus trying to Pluto too, which could speak to what you're talking about, like, you know, the changes and well, government supply demand, how, how we're, how are we stabilizing that? What do we need to do? Um, et cetera. So I kind of, I kind of agree with you on the fact, especially at this last like little throw of like just goods and transactions and something being sorted through or blocked there, Mm. um, too. I, what you said about demand, I'm looking at Mars. Now I'm looking at Venus conjunct the North node a little differently. Mm. You know, just like, because the North Node is a very hungry. That's right. Energy. Yes. Yeah. It's like. Keeps eating. Keeps eating. It's hungry. <laughs> hungry. So, you know, there's there's this very intense demand, like Torian demand for goods and for food. Because that's the other thing, you know, I brought up at the beginning. The I brought up a while ago is the, you know, questions about f- food, food supply and, and yeah. whatnot. This looks like a point where maybe demand starts to catch up with supply, right? Venus on the North Node square Saturn. Okay, yep. <laughs> Obviously, yep. we've already been living through that, but I mean, I just mean in an amplified way. And I mean, look at the same degree, right? We're back yeah, to the exactly. same degree I- of the eclipse of the, you know, of also algal, you know. <laughs> like right, right. I mean, this is a stuff difficulty where- there. I don't want to be, I don't want to be morbid, you know, but no, but you know what, this it, it, there's a thing between being morbid and there's also a thing of being prepared. And I think, uh, you know, being yeah. prepared is, uh, important and, you know, you don't have to take it too far, but knowing ahead of time, prepping yourself, getting why you, why you can, like, you don't have to be like a doomsday packer and have like a whole bunch <laughs> or, I mean, you can like, do you, 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 uh, do you, um, but yeah, so it could be a good time just to stock up where where you can, where you uh, need to, and just being proactive. We're gonna we're there. gonna single handedly cause the supply demand that, problem yes, by this telling podcast, to this podcast is gonna like, result. What? <laughs> they're like it all originated in the <laughs> principles podcast when they said there's going to be a supply shortage on. Um, yeah, so yeah, well. Anyways, we have said enough about Gemini season, I think, think but of course, you know, and this is the biggest challenge of the program and especially for Gemini season. If you had one word to describe Gemini season 2022, what would it be? Um, I think I would, I might, I might change this or have a better idea later, but I feel like flux. Mm, That's a good one. You know, it's mutable. It's it mutable. Works. It covers. It covers the. <laughs> I don't think that it does it justice, but you know, maybe it does. Maybe it does. Influx. Yeah, really in influx. I mean. Well, outflux. Or re- I mean, things are in flux. In influx. Yeah. Not one word. Two words. That's two, two words. words. Sorry. That's no, why. No, I, that's why. I, that's why I brought it down to flux because I didn't want to break your rule. Flux. Um, I think that's a great word. I think, I think, I think, um, God, do I even have a word? I don't even know if I have a word. I have to come up with one, but if I, um, 
I just got patience. That was my word, hmm. which is interesting, but kind of mm-hmm. makes sense, I guess, with the Mercury retrograde mm-hmm. and Taurus component. In Taurus, square Saturn. Yeah. It's, yeah. Patience will be required, especially because yeah. the sun is waiting. You know, the sun is like, hello. <laughs> and Mercury is like, sorry, wait, hold on. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not ready yet. I'm not done. I need to think yeah. some more. <laughs> um, yeah. So we got flux and patience. And I, you know what? You got to be, you got to be patient when you're in flux, not in flux, <laughs> but flux. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because things are changing. And that's just the way it is. So, yeah. All right. Well, Jared, I think we did a good treatment. Um, tell, tell people where can they find you? What do you got going on? Yeah. Um, so you can find me. I have a website. It's mercuriusgeorge.com. I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you can see how that's spelled. Um, and then I'm also, you know, on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter as Mercurius George. That's where I will be more active, except on Wednesdays when I try to take a day off. Um, and, Mercury's uh, day. <laughs> Mercury's day as a little gift um, to my brain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then also on Instagram, uh, Mercurius George Astrology, and I'm available for readings, though not a ton. I I, I do a couple a week. I have other things. I try not to let astrology take over my entire life, but it's hard. It's a good. It's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. Rule of thumb. So, all right. Well, I will share all your information over at my website at energeticprinciples.com. There will be a blog post for this episode, of course. Um, and if you want to find me on Instagram and socials, you can find me at Energetic Principles. Um, also, I have my monthly newsletter, The Heavenly Wind, that goes out once a month at the beginning of the month that breaks down all the transits. So come on over and sign up for that on uh, the front page of my website and get it to your inbox there. Um, oh, oh, I almost forgot. I guess I'll say this in the beginning of the pro- program too, but I'm going to be joining Stormy Grace. I'll be the first uh, returning teacher for the YouTube Academy year two um, to go back over my dignities and debilities uh, episode. It wasn't an episode, but it's a class that I, I taught on her YouTube Academy last year. And so uh, there'll be a uh, link to watch it in the podcast description here. And then I'll be back on May 25th. I think it's May 25th. Am I got that right? At 11 a.m. Mountain Time, which is 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to answer questions on that uh, on that class. So come ask me questions about dignities, debilities, about the class, things you got to add, whatever you'd like to do to show up, hang out with me and Stormy, uh, and we'll answer your questions. So, all right, whatever, what other directives do I have for you? Uh, share the podcast, share it with a friend, spread the good word, leave a review wherever you listen to it or watch it, uh, comment on the feed on YouTube, whatever feels good to you. I always like to hear how people are receiving the program. Whoa, losing my, lost my earbud. I'm like, <laughs> I only got half of it now. Um, and uh, what else? I don't think there's anything else to share there. So I'm just going to thank you once again, Jared, for joining me. It was a pleasure getting to chat all things Gemini with you. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. 
Oh, great. Well, I hope to have you back on another day. Uh, and we wish you all the best of luck out there uh, in this <laughs> very active and interesting Gemini season. Uh, and as always, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.